Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. There you go. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> are we doing an introduction or are you just uh, we're going straight into it well yes okay welcome to our conversation today um after multiple attempts uh, we are finally here this is sean uh, your host with my co-host steve visit all the way from marshall texas and uh, we're just kicking straight into it today we haven't been talking beforehand um so uh but welcome to the kle podcast and Stay with us through the conversation. You never know what you're going to find out as uh, we deep dive in, in our conversation of uh, topics that we talk about, things that, that are touching our hearts, lives, think insights that we have that we really believe will equip you, inspire you, encourage you, challenge you, correct you, who knows. Um, but uh, stay tuned and stay with us. What you say, Steve? I said put you to sleep. <laughs> could put you to sleep or could bore you i, I don't know you know it could be anything, right. we're hoping we're hoping the other way so stay stay with us right through you never know what hey the topic changes the direction changes as as we just feel led by the spirit to share with one another as we always say um and, and as i always say is this is a conversation this is not a meeting this is steve and i we've been doing this for a number of years um, just talking, talking about um, about things that uh, we want to process, the insights that we have that we want to uh, just bounce off each other. So we decided to include you um, in our conversation. So glad to have you part of our conversation. And um, um, hey, the, as I said, there may be something that you glean from it. Maybe it's something that you know already. Maybe it's something even you disagree with. That's also good. That's fine. We don't mind. Uh, we have no problem with that at all. But um, so thank you for joining us on that conversation. Thank you, Steve, for joining us. I guess that's the, thing, that's the thing we were talking about, too, uh, yesterday, even when we were trying to uh, connect and everything. And, and uh, uh, you end up buying a new vehicle. Congratulations, by the way. I thank you so, so much. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's that time now where it's almost like whenever you're going into something new, you need a new vehicle to take you to that new thing God's doing in your life. Sure. You can't use the old vehicle that we've always used. And I'm not talking about everybody running down, trading in their cars. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of there's a new vehicle to fulfill whatever it is God wants us to do. And a lot of times he uses that in our lives as kind of a, even a type and a shadow of, of, Hey, I need you to do this a different way. I need you to get there a different way than you, what you have in the past. Right. Exactly. So I'm going to give you a different vehicle to get you there. Uh, but the thing, the thing I said, the reason I said yesterday we started in something and then today I started again into something as far as just, um, you're apologizing for how many times we've missed each other and, and uh, not that I miss you and send you flowers. <laughs> not that, not that. Kind oh, of no. <laughs> no, 
No, oh, Saturday on, there was some, yeah, Friday there was something, Saturday there was something, Sunday there was something, Monday there was something. <laughs> so here we are on Tuesday morning and um uh you're apologizing and what what we had come to yesterday was the this is a conversation this is you and me talking and like once again we have to remind ourselves that it's not a meeting that it's not a production that it's not a that it's not a show that it's not a whatever this station that we have and like you said earlier you know in the intro just just a matter of we're just clicking the record button and letting everybody else in on it production is just it's just a conversation yeah yeah exactly yeah so, and then we have to put up with our, so our did any of that come through or did i glitch out yeah it's in and out a little bit but it did come through um yeah your your um your signal is is uh, very weak so looks like uh, marshall is having a bad day when it, when it comes to um when it comes to internet <laughs> it's like yeah you're yeah. back you're back um yeah no, absolutely, absolutely the truth. It's it's not uh, chore uh, we are not choreographing <laughs> in that sense. Um, it's like uh, okay, this is a meeting. We have to attend. We have to be. Um, I I know it, you know people want excellence and, and all the rest of it, but you know, yeah. so some of some of this has grown out of you know when when going back a few years, something that began to really speak to me was that Jesus would take his 12 aside and, and just say, you know what, you pull them aside because there was crowds around them all the time. They were busy, busy, busy. And he would just right. pull them aside and sit around a fire, have fish and, and bread on, on the, you know, around the fire and and he would just instruct them, talk to them, share with them. We don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, the gospels, the, the guys didn't share what they were experiencing in those moments. Um, right. In the, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they talk about all the things that happened with Jesus and interacting and what his, what his leadership was. But those, those intimate moments, they never shared. He ne they never share what happened in, except for like moments like when they go up on the Mount of Transfiguration and when he has an encounter with Peter. And so there were moments that he, that they share, but like those times when they were around the fire, just, just relaxing, you know, and I, I look at Jesus kind of leadership and I see this, you know, kind of, um, uh, conversational kind of interaction with them because we see that around the fire after the resurrection and the disciples come they all went back to fishing and said we forget this we're going back to fishing i'm sure peter actually like recruited all the disciples and said hey listen i've got a fishing business let's go fishing you know and so yeah okay jesus is gone let's go fishing and jesus pops up on the beach and he's got a fully cooked breakfast there for them and 
so off they go and and he's sitting around the fire with them and they're eating and, and i mean you can imagine they're just gobsmacked because they they'd see you know they they'd seen right. jesus being you know crucified heard he'd been resurrected hadn't quite encountered him yet and here they're sitting around a fire with him and his conversation is relationship with peter you know an encounter and so um yeah so I don't, I don't, sometimes I think we can, we can bring so many business principles into, into ministry and into our interactions, you know, with, with the concept of excellence that we lose the intimacy, we lose that interaction that we can have. Well, there's a, there's a difference in excellence of what God believes in the kingdom and excellence as far as what we believe in the world system too. Because excellence might be the depth or the intimacy of a relationship. Uh, that 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 might be his excellence. Yes. As opposed to the form and the format of how it's done. Yes. And because um, it the word even uh, communion or koinonia or fellowship or you know it means intercourse. It means a depth of an intimate relationship. Yes. So it wasn't a matter of just um, of just scraping the surface and me sitting in the same pew as you on a Sunday morning. Right. Um, you know, it was it was a matter of. In fact, it's interesting to me, and, and I know I wrote this out and I sent it out here a while back. Uh, a friend of mine, Tom Kill, sent it to me, um, <clears throat> but it was just a study done on ecclesia, what ecclesia means, yeah. and. Uh, you know, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-E, I-A, and, and um, I've always known it meant twice called out because a double K or a double consonant means to do it again or do it twice. So I always thought that it was a people or whatever. And so it really, when he shared this part with me, it, it made a lot more sense. And that was, Ecclesia was a Greek word that was, that was of the day and time uh, back when Christ was was walking the earth, that that meant a political or a group of people that got together, but they discussed openly things. It was an open discussion, an open forum, and a just a sharing amongst one another to find the heart of what they needed to do. That was the whole purpose to find to find out a part a heart of a direction of where we should go, and so. Uh, it, it, it and it didn't have any particular religious connotation. It had to do with uh, any group of people coming together to discuss something. So it was an open forum, and um, most of the time it was a political nature. Uh, it was something having to do with their town, uh, their families, their group, their whatever. But it was an open an open discussion it wasn't until later when the word kirk or and the the people that collected at a certain place and, and it meant the place as well so we got this connotation of the church as being a place or a thing or a uh, the meeting itself as opposed to what happens during the meeting and it's when Christ said, I will build my ecclesia, he could have said, I will build my temple. He could have said, I will build my synagogue. He could have said, I will build my family. 
he could have said, you know, any other array of, of words there. But in fact, he did say on this rock, I will build my ecclesia. Knowing full well what he, he picked his words very carefully. So when I'm looking back at that, I'm going, okay, now why, why did he choose a Greek word that had nothing really to do with a, um, I, I hate to say religious, but a, um, it just had to do with an open forum, like sitting around the campfire discussing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, you see, the thing is the word religious is actually um, very relevant because what we've done is we put church, ecclesia, into a religious framework of thinking and, right. and application and implementation. And, and God help you if you think outside of that, because now you're not following the stereotypical um, model of what has been established. Uh, it's, you know, it would be interesting to go back and see who introduced the, you know, there's, look, they had synagogue meetings. Uh, right. But if we go into the book of Acts and we see how they carry out the, you know, Paul, Jesus went to the synagogues and at one point he, he stopped going to the synagogues. Right. right. Resistance. Paul and Silas go to the synagogues and at some point they stopped going and they said, we're going to the Gentiles because there's no point in doing this. They, they were just getting resistance all the time. Um, we see Peter and John used to, were going to the temple until they got beaten up a few times. They stopped going to the temple as well because religion will always try and stop anything that doesn't conform or comply. And, and so they began to withdraw from that. Uh, the, the, do, you suppose, do you suppose part of that was is what Paul said? Uh, because it says before he went to the backside of the wilderness, after he was converted, he went and he argued daily in the temple. Yeah. And it was a debate. It was a something where you, you know, you throw it out there and then you end up debating. You're not going to win anything by a debate. Yeah, no, exactly. And so finally, when he went to the backside of the wilderness, came back, he says, now I don't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom, which the word entice means to try to convince. I'm not trying to convince you of anything, but a demonstration of the spirit and power. Yeah. So now, whenever he met with everybody, like in the upper room or whatever, it was a it was a collective time. Even when the disciples met together after uh, after Christ ascended, it was it was they went house to house, breaking bread, discussing the apostles' doctrine. I mean, they were going through things, talking it out. And bringing things to light, as opposed to, as opposed to trying to have a religious meeting. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. That, you see, that's where where we've got to, um, you know, begin to understand. And it's always, it's how we interpret things. I mean, Saturday we were talking about this, but you know, we interpret everything through a paradigm. So if we right. interpret things through a religious paradigm, that's how we see it. And you know. We punish things that don't conform to that. Um, when Jesus, the, when Jesus used the word church, he used, you know, the first time we see it being used in in uh, uh, Matthew 16, um, when he when when he asks the disciples, "Who do people say that I am?" You know? And 
the word wasn't unknown to them. It wasn't like, wow. Oh, what, no. What is this? You know, um, right. it wasn't a kind of word that would um, be, uh, you come to this because you're not of that. It wasn't right. that kind of word. It was a very, like you say, a very well-known word. Ecclesia was, in fact, it started, the, the Romans adopted the, the whole concept from the Greeks. And the Romans, that's how they colonized um, and would go right. into different areas of the known world and unknown world. And they would take a group of people who represented Rome. And, and that's what they would do. They would have this forum on how they were going to uh, bring the values and the beliefs and the laws and the norms and the, and the cultural right. um, insight. Yeah, they would have an ecclesia. Yes. And so they, that, that was like a big discussion on, and sometimes it was with, well, most of the times it was under the governor's jurisdiction, under the governor of that area that Rome had set and sent um, into them. So under that governor, they would have this forum of discussion with the governor and, and um, of how they were going to influence that, um, you know, un-Roman society with Roman culture. And so when Jesus introduces right. that concept, they, they understood that. They didn't question, what, uh, Jesus, what is church? Is that right. what, the, what, is, are you, what are you saying is you're going to put pastors and worship teams in place? With, with, a, with an intercessory team, Jesus, are we going to build bigger buildings so we can have meetings? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> no, uh, that wasn't the concept at all. So um, we, we, and there's nothing, again, you know, it's not that these things are wrong. It's just that we've, we've made that the law, the blueprint of everything. It's got to happen right. that way. If it doesn't happen that way, you're not of God you know, all the various things. And we try and we try and fly with two things now. So we bring in little groups that we still try and control. Interesting, the governor that the father sends is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he's the one that he's sent, Jesus said, he's going to send another one like me, but not me, who's going to show you things to come, guide you into all truth. He's going to be the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor. He's going to be the teacher, the guide. He's going to be the one that's going to show you, and he's going to give you power to be my ecclesia, my witnesses, and my representatives of all that I represent, which is the kingdom of God. So, so um, what about what about this? This is just <laughs> this is this is just a what about? Okay, what if? Uh, you've got he who ministereth to you the spirit. Does he do it by works of the law or does he do it by faith? The word ministereth, of course, epicorigale, which literally means the one who watches over or is over the dance, yeah. who watches over the choreography. So there is somebody who watches. Now, there's somebody in the ecclesia who is kind of like the moderator who keeps it back on track or yeah. keeps it on on the on the even keel so it doesn't get off running off way down the track somewhere else right. you know they keep it kind of on and that's what that word meant i mean there was somebody there as kind of a moderator to some degree but it wasn't it wasn't they were taking control of the meeting they were just there to make sure that it didn't go off the rails 
So he who ministereth to the spirit, somebody, somebody, and it doesn't mean it's the same person every time, is the one who is watching that particular dance. And sometimes you may have that. Sometimes somebody else may be watching. I mean, may have that in art. Uh, sometimes somebody else may have that administration of that, but there's a, did you just get a business thing? <laughs> no, no, I just, I, it's telling me there's a, another meeting coming up. So, oh, it's oh, at okay. 10 o'clock, but I, I haven't heard anything yet. So I'll see if something pops up about it. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but anyway, I just, what, what if this is all tied together? You know, what if we've been thinking about things, even though you and I've been talking about the Epicore Gale and the dance and the and the whatever, you know, what if that is Ecclesia? What if the whole thing of him dancing and the the not the meeting itself and not the structure of the meeting, but actually what takes place is Ecclesia. It's not the fact that it's the meeting, it's not necessarily the people. It's, it's what transitions or takes place within that when the people gather together and what happens during the discourse, that's Ecclesia. What if that's it? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, I, I would say, uh, I would say it's definitely a major part of it. It's, it's because it's, uh, Ecclesia is the community because um, Both, I would say so because it's it's like this community meeting together represents a culture, and that's as simple as it is. So um, when they when the when the um, when these representatives right they operate a certain way yes so they get together uh, because and as Jesus said this is my this is my um, this is my community, and they have right. a culture, and that culture I'm going to build it on the rock, and um, right. and that rock, of course, is the kingdom of God. So he says, I'm 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 going to be calling out. I'm calling out a community of of people who, who right. are going to be built as a culture. Yeah. So I'm repeating myself. Right. It's how, um, and a culture is how they interact with one another. Yes, yes, and so they discuss what does this culture mean? I mean, when we get together, we talk, you know, you and I, we banter about, and we talk about, you know, South Africa, America, and stuff. So what we're doing is we're intermingling, not intermingling, but we are learning about each other's culture, about each other's paradigm thinking, etc. So over the years, we've been doing that. I've been to Marshall, you've been to South Africa, so... Now we have a better view of how we each live, you know? But you go flying around in wasp. I just I had something jump on the roof. Who <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It sounded pretty big too, whatever it was. I don't know what it was. It wasn't a limb because then I heard it running. Squirrel, squirrel. So that probably <laughs> sounded bigger than a squirrel, but it probably was a squirrel. That's squirrel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so um what was i saying yes yeah, so we're learning about 
and then but when the when the community gets together that's you know people don't understand the power of culture i know i repeat this ad finitum but we 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 have created a religious culture but the kingdom of god is not a religious culture it's a culture of people of a community it's a culture of of representing a country called the kingdom of heaven and we've got right so and it's an organic yes it's, it's an organic country. interaction it's, yeah it's it's got i mean every country has laws and and it has um truths it has principles it has norms it has behaviors so when we talk about okay you know paul paul mentions this but i'm you know just he, he I, most of his letters was addressed to to the communities within, right. within cities that's really what it is it wasn't right you know it was addressed to, to communities and he goes all right this is the theology of you know we redeemed and all the rest of it and then he goes let us therefore <laughs> and so now he brings out the practical implications of what the culture should should look like and how they should behave and how they should think and how they should speak and how they should interact with one another so what is what is producing is a blueprint of what the culture is about it's not a religious legalistic rule it's it's a a, a interaction of hey you know love one another as Christ has loved you you know um, and, and and forgive and you know all those things right so we and that's what we should be encouraging one another is going and then we should be coming into the culture and going okay listen i'm not bringing in my uh my south african culture my nigerian culture my english culture my german culture into this culture i'm going to be learning a new culture i'm learning right. new, ideas, new norms new ways of thinking a new way of speaking and uh, and of course tongues is um, the language of him and so when the community gets together they all start talking in tongues what are we doing <laughs> We're talking right. about the language of the kingdom of heaven, you know? Right. I was just trying to look up that thing where it says that that uh, you learn how to behave oneself in the, and I don't know whether it said house or whatever of God. I think it's in James, but anyway, it's learning how to behave. You need to learn how to and it means the lit the literal translation there means to keep one seat. So in the form of whenever I whenever we do get together, I learn how to keep my seat. Um, you know, I learn not to interrupt Sean. I learn not to, <laughs> you know. But but as far as the keeping one seat and keeping just to keep your you're going to get the opportunity. You know, you'll get the chance to be. You'll get there, yeah, yeah. Uh, however, in First Corinthians twelve, it does say, or fourteen, it does say, if um, one is speaking, one is prophesying, or speaking for God, or in His place, or speaking whatever, uh, and another one has something, let the first hold his peace. Yes. So if somebody else has something, because apparently, God believes it's a conversation. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't, I don't, I don't pray my whole prayer for, for 25, 30 minutes. And then it's your turn. <laughs> yeah. 
Ja. That's the truth. I'm just looking under conduct because there's a, I know there was a, to conduct themselves. Um, I know the word is be behave in the, in the, um, King James. in King James. So that's what I'm, I'm just looking, looking up here. Just, uh, what I can find. Oh, help us. I can't ever find anything in the Amplified. <laughs> uh, I just, I just say the King James louder. <laughs> it just oh, here it was first Timothy. It's first Timothy 315. First Timothy three fifteen. Oh man, I'm just like hitting all the wrong, all the wrong buttons here. Yeah. Um, Problem is, I'm having to do it not on my phone because I'm on my phone for this thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's just the interesting. Anyway, it says uh, to learn to behave yourself. Uh, well, no. Um, I mean, Jesus spoke about it as well. You know, I'm just looking at Mark 7, 22. Um, he talks about what they had, you know. Uh, <laughs> Everything is slow today. So Jesus said, yeah. from within, that is, out of the heart of men come base and relevant thoughts and schemes, acts of sexual immorality, thefts, murders, adulteries, acts of greed, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, unrestrained conduct, envy, jealousy, slander, profanity, arrogance, and self-righteousness and foolishness, poor judgment. All these evil things, schemes, and desires come from within and defile and dishonor the man. So, I mean, and if, if you know, if we're bringing those things into the community, that's why Paul says, if somebody's involved in these things, one Corinthians 5, remove them from the fellowship. You know, he said, but you can't remove yourself from the world because then who's going to be influencing right. them? And but religion has religion has removed ourselves from the world and kept the wrong the wrong stuff in our midst. You know, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's what he you know he, he talks about. So um, yeah, that First Timothy three, starting verse fourteen, it says these things write I unto you, hoping to come to you shortly. But if I tarry long that you should know how you should behave yourself in the house of God, which is the ecclesia of the living God, the pull, the pillar and ground of the truth. Wow. There you go. There you go. So he's talking about how to behave yourself in the house of God. And he's not calling the house of God the building or the church yes. i mean the building or what we think of as being that this is the house of god you know don't wear this your hat the uh yeah. the, you know you got to be quiet huh yeah, this is the church yeah, yeah church. this is this is the church yeah. right and it's the house of god this is none other than the house of god no the house got you so it's it's if I'm to learn to behave myself in the house of God, in it's his amongst, house is where he, huh? It's amongst at the community. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's where, it's where our father gathers us together to discuss things over lunch. 
Right, exactly. Or around the fire or uh, or in the lounge with our feet popped up or something like that. But, you know, whatever, wherever we get, and that's wherever we gather as the community of God, we are the called out ones. We're the ones that have come out of the, the, the systems, out of the um, tyranny of, of darkness, out of the kingdom of darkness, and we've come into the kingdom of God. We've come into a new community that's the ecclesia, and there we are to behave ourselves accordingly. So we've got to learn. That's where the that's where the fivefold ministers. It's where the fivefold gifts come in. You know, um, yeah, who minister? Not men, You know, the fivefold gifts who minister. The equipping. Katatismos is to repair and prepare so that the community begins to function properly. Till we all come. Till we all come into the unity of the faith, which, which is what the community is about. Until we all come to the, the full measure of the stature of Christ. So we all mature and we can all contribute to one another. You know, joint to joint, bone to bone, et cetera, et cetera. In the Amplified, it says, in case I'm delayed so that you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of the truth. And great, we confess, is the mystery of the hidden truth of godliness. So, yeah, it's powerful. I mean, that is just like so powerful. Also, another one here in Romans chapter 13, 13. Paul says, let us conduct ourselves properly and honorably as in the light of day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and irresponsibility, not in quarreling and jealousy. So these are all like guidelines for how the community is supposed to function. Right, right. The problem is, is that society and religion places so much pressure on us to conform to a certain behavior and something's acceptable and some things are not you know it's just like um it's like that in any community but but it's not always it's not always the kingdom of god that's the thing that we we need to understand it's not you know what we miss most uh, uh, what i've heard we've missed the most because i've heard from people that don't go anymore to church quote unquote yes but they miss they from what they're saying, they miss the form and the format, which is let's sing, let's praise, let's do our thing. Then we have the, then we have the whatever it is, and then we have the message, and then we have the benediction. We go home. Right. I mean, but they miss that, almost like that consistency or that, whatever. Um, and you can do that within the framework of ecclesia. You can do that in the framework, but it's just not, it just isn't uh, regimented so strongly. You know, I mean, if you've, if you've made out a bulletin three weeks ago that tells you exactly what songs you're singing and when you're going to do what for an order of service, you're no longer led by the spirit of God. You're led by whatever it is that you think you ought to do during that time. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like when you, you bunch in, in, in an order of service, there you go. You know, that's the model. 
Is it, and that's the thing that I mean, <laughs> way back, we're going back in, in 1999, somewhere around there, uh, yeah, 2000, um, we were, Michelle and I were leading the, the Mount Pulse Fellowship at that point in time. And I just began to look at all of this. And I, I mean, I'd written manuals and we had cell groups and, you know, <laughs> and I was just doing the thing, man. And we had all this, I wrote manuals for the cell leaders. And Is that right? Supervisor, I wrote stuff, man. I had manuals. I didn't know that. Um, so I put all of this together, you know, and uh, I was working hard, man. And it's just like, and I got to a point, I just sat there one day and I just looked at all of this and I said, what is the point of all of this? I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have insight like I do now, you know, and we've discussed over the years and, and grown through it, but I just, I knew something is wrong with this whole thing. You know, it's just, we're having programs and church and I'm driving the people and they tired and I'm tired and, and everybody's unhappy because I'm shoving them into cell groups to be, you know, there's no natural, organic, relational relationships. I'm not, I'm not fostering relationships. I'm fostering more meetings, you know, more programs, more busyness. And they had to attend these like three-day weekends of teaching, you know, where I teach them and they tired by Sunday. Now they're going to go to work and, and, uh, and it's just like, and, and you've got to worship more because you're not ready for the king. You know, for for God's presence, and you've got to, you know, come and be at the altar more. So, and they're like tired; they didn't want to go home. You know, just let me go home and relax and sit by the pool or whatever the story is. And I just, I'm telling you, Steve, I got to a point that is, you know what? I'm tired of all of this. I'm tired. They tired. I'm tired of all of this. I took all the manuals. I dug a hole in my front lawn of my house. I dug a big hole, threw a couple of rocks around it. And I made a big bonfire and I just began to burn all the manuals. I mean, I had boxes of the stuff. I just burned everything, all my stuff, the drafts, everything. I burned everything. I think I burned some important papers too. I don't know. I just like <laughs> I, everything. I just, I was so angry, so frustrated with everything. I just took boxes and I just burnt them. And I called, I called all the guys um, in the fellowship and I said, you know what? Monday night, bring a camping chair, bring your camping cup. Um, if it's gold, bring a jacket. We just, and we just sat around the fire. I made a big bonfire, put a kettle on the fire, and we just sat around drinking hot chocolate tea and coffee. You know? and, and I just said, okay, no agenda. Monday nights, every Monday night, we're just going to sit around the fire and talk. No agenda. If you have a question, you know, to me, I'll answer it. Otherwise, we just talk. Sometimes we sat and told stories. Sometimes we just talked to them. But, you know, there was always like a strike. Something would come, a question would come, right. and, and, and we would get into stuff. And people would have, and some people loved it, some people didn't. Some people didn't come. At the, you know, at that point in time, I didn't, it didn't matter anymore. You know, it's just, I, I still had to transition out and have a revolution and have my mind renewed from a meeting-mindedness. Um, because, you know, you stuck so much of that stuff of meeting-mindedness. But it was, it was, <laughs> I mean, guy, one guy, I remember a delivery truck pulled up next and was, was dropping off the, the clay bricks for building a house, you know, next, across the road. And the guy's sitting on his thing and he, I hear him shouting, because what I did, <laughs> I had some kids, got some kids around and they all, um, they all had their tents in my front yard and we, 
So I made a fire and I was cooking breakfast for them over the fire in my front yard, you know. <laughs> so I hear this guy on the truck, he says, he calls the driver, he says, man, you gotta come see what this guy's done in his front yard. Come look at this. <laughs> because here I was sitting and we were cooking eggs and anyway. So, but it began to change the, 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 the whole environment. Of course, a lot of charismatic people didn't like it, you know, because there's no meeting, there's no worship, there's no, you know, it's like, where's, where's that? You know, it's just like, no, we're just going to talk, you know. Um, and, and the thing that I began to realize over the years is that when God put Adam into Eden, there was no worship team. There was no... Right. There was no meetings. There was no intercessions. There was, it was just, this is where I want you to have dominion, take authority, be responsible, and, and guard it, care for it, and let it multiply. Fill the earth with this atmosphere of my garden that I'm giving you. And it's just like, wow. Uh, you know, that began to... And that's what, you know, you spoke, it's Saturday. Saturday, you spoke about, you know, looking in the mirror and seeing the Genesis man. You know, the, and, and that's the thing is we've got to go back to the origin, not the origin of our religious church right. uh, movement. We've got to go back to the origin of where man started. After our likeness, we're going to create, in our image, we're going to create man. And with giving dominion and authority and, and, and responsibility and and um, and rulership and put him in the garden, you know, and give right. him what he needs. And, and it says that nothing grew and produced until God had created man. And so, you know, I mm. think a lot of times we don't see a, a production. We don't see a, um, what's the right word? We don't see a flourishing. We don't see something happening because there's no man with rulership to come in. Right. And, you know, and 50, you know, they, they just walking in the presence of God, you know? Right. Makes sense. Um, I think it's in Colossians where it says knitted and compacted together, yes. having nourishment, then ministered. Yes. So they were beholding the head. And then because of the fact they were beholding the head, they were knitted and compacted together. Yeah. Uh, another place it says, by that which every joint supplieth, not the bone. It was the joint. It was them coming together and the life that they got together. It says, then having nourishment ministered. Yeah. And so you begin to see a pattern there, even throughout some of the letters there. This is, I guess that's why Paul said, this is the reason I'm writing to you. So that when I'm gone, you know, you'll know how to behave yourself within this community. You'll know how to keep your seat. You'll know how to operate and move in this society because it's a total different thing from the culture you're used to. Exactly. Exactly right. In fact, you're talking about that is um, Paul, Paul says, for this reason, I've sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. And he will remind you of my way of life, not my way right. of leadership or my way of apostolic um, to come and impose on you my, my dominion and rulership in Christ, my conduct and my precepts for godly living. Right. 
just as I teach everywhere in every church. And that's the thing is like, um, he was setting the pace of what this community is about. And, and, and that's, you know, is like, if you're going to learn anything from me, uh, not you, but, you know, if, if anybody's going to learn anything from me, uh, well, maybe, because I, I learn, we learn from each yeah. other. If, if, you know, if you're going to learn anything from me, learn how to conduct yourself with people. Learn how to conduct yourself in a relationship. Learn how to conduct yourself within the community. So when you get together, you know, we've got to leave out sexual promiscuity, arrogance, self-righteousness, pride, you know, all those things, with, with jealousy, greed, um, self-interest. We've got to leave out those and begin to live the kind of behavior that's necessary for this community, this ecclesia, to, to thrive and be the kind of community that's Genesis-oriented. You know? Right. The, the trouble that I have, and this is just, this may be just me, but anytime somebody says church, it paints a picture in my head uh, about what I know church to be. Exactly. And so um, that's why on purpose, sometimes I say a different word. Yeah, me too. It's terms. Yeah, just, be yeah, just because I don't want to bring up that picture in my head anymore. I want to bring up the picture of what I know that brings about in his society, his purpose in his work, as opposed to what we've seen. And I guess that's the thing that, that maybe it's just me, but I have a, I have a tendency to do that just because I don't want to think that way anymore. I want to change. Yeah. I want to change my way of thinking. I want to, I want to picture something else. Um, because if I see it in my head, that's the picture that I'm going to formulate after. That's the thing I'm going to build after. Because uh, I'm very much a, a visual person as well. I'll, if I see, I have to see something in my mind. Uh, that's why I, when I was doing contracting, that's, I would see it and then I would draw it out so somebody else could see it. But then I would build it because I saw it first. I saw it first. It wasn't that I drew it and then decided that I was going to go ahead and do whatever I need to do. I, I actually literally see it first and then I draw it. Right. So um, it's just, I don't know whether everybody works that way or not, but um, that's, I have a feeling that's why there's a lot of, a lot of these words in even the new Testament and the, Old Testament Hebrew Hebrew was intended to be word pictures. Yeah. It was intended to paint a picture in a person's mind. And so was a lot of the Greek. It was intended to paint an entire picture of what was going on by just saying a few words. Yeah. And so when he said the word ecclesia on purpose, he was saying something in particular that, like you said at the very beginning, that we have a totally different picture of what he had in mind when he said ecclesia we see church but we see it totally differently than what he was seeing when he was speaking about it exactly and, that, and that's i mean we we, we we're talking i'm going to sit down now because, um, i'm just going to move this down a little bit here we go <laughs> were you in the navy 
Or was I in the Navy? Why? Well, I just saw your naval maneuvers there. That's a dad joke. I know, that was terrible. Terrible. Um, Yeah, and we were talking about, you know, ways of thinking, mindset, paradigms, etc. And that's the problem is that, you know, you and I say church, we think one thing, but somebody else interprets it through another paradigm. So they thinking meeting, you know, it's just they can't help it. And the problem is- Or the building. Or a building, yes. We're going to church, you know, so we're going to the building. We go into the meeting, not like we are the church and we're gathering as the church. Uh, that's, right. That's different. And you know? functional. Yes. There's, there's a yeah. functionality to it. Absolutely. But there's a lot we of... We don't think the functionality... Yeah, we don't think the functionality. No. No, go we ahead. don't. No, I was going to say, there's a lot of terms like that that we, we filter through our paradigm. So, right. you know, is that we... we even the, I mean, the Greek word, Jesus said it's like this, but not it. <laughs> mm. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like that, but it's not that. And that's what he says, you know, that's why he says twice called out, because you called out like that, but you're not that. And, and so we, because the Greeks had, a, I mean, the Greek mentality of, uh, that was the Gentile mentality that the Romans had adopted. And he says, it shall not be so with you. you know? Right, right. <laughs> where, that's true. You know, where, where the, the leader is the benefactor who benefits you. You do what you, have, you, what you do for them to get the benefit, to get the favor, to get the benefits, you know, to get your whatever. Um, and then, and then uh, you know, he, he talks about that. Um, what was the other thing? Is that you know to be served and to lord it over? They exercise, you know, authority over. And he says it's not right. to be so among you. They go, wow, um, that was life transformational to me because that's when I began to question everything about my paradigm. I'm going, we we're getting the paradigm. I've got the wrong paradigm right there in the very inception of how Jesus dealt with people. You know, I've heard guys talking about it was. Jesus and his staff. Right. I mean, you know, is this Jesus <laughs> and his staff? You know, it's just like what? He was the CEO. No, he wasn't. You know, it, no. That that's the paradigm. So what we're trying to do is interpret the life of Jesus, what Jesus did, what Jesus in, introduced out of corporate America or global right. corporations or institutionalized organizations and. I know the thing about it is, Steve, I know as I sit here, you know, we're talking like this. I know what happens is like the pastors, the prophets, evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, the people, they go, how do we do this? Well, we've got to discover back to the paradigm and say, we've got to find a new way of doing it. And we've got to change where we leave out the, the old paradigm. We've got to leave out the old culture. We've got to leave out the world's way of doing things, the Gentile mentality, the Roman mentality, the corporation mentality, and and step in and say, what is the conduct? That's why we go to the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. This tells us how to do it. 
we got a lag, obviously. So, yeah, we, we've, we've got to um, keep going back, and that's why you need the, the, um, the gifts of, 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 the gifts of, of the Doma. Ah, sorry, that's okay. There you are. Sorry. Yeah, we just disappeared there, totally fell off the radar altogether. I was going to just call you now and say, okay, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what happened. Yeah, it just like totally disappeared off the off the radar. Anyway, so yeah, so that's what I was saying. Yeah. Well, I missed all that anyway, so. <laughs> well, I know, I know you and I have discussed this a lot, but the the thing is as there's it's almost like i've it's not i've gotten new information it's just the old filters are falling away more yes so that when whenever we're speaking about this i get a different perspective now than i did before and it's not that we're trying to hammer on the church or the form of the format it's just it's just you and I have been builders according to the pattern that wasn't shown to us on the mount, but according to the pattern that we've seen others build by. So we continued to build on whatever we already knew how to build. I mean, that's that's all we knew is how to build that way. You, you know. And to and to build. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, I was just going to say that the, the thing about it is that's where, you know, we're renewing our mind to be transformed into a new way of thinking, into God's will of thinking. And, you know, is that you do, we, we, we talk about hammering the church. It's, it, that's, not the, the, that's not the idea. The thing about it is, no. is that when, when a rocket leaves the earth, the toughest part of the rocket's um, trajection is is to leave Earth's atmosphere. It needs an absolute blast to break through the atmosphere and the, the pull of gravity. So once it's through the once it leaves the force that's pulling it down, the gravity force, it actually then can sail. I mean, it, it just needs a little thrust every now and again, and it's doing you know a couple of thousand miles an hour. You know, so it's it's. Um, uh, it hasn't got a problem. Now, with our thinking, with our paradigm, it's the same thing. There's this pull all the time. It's just like, I know people, I see people, they, they read our stuff, they look at our stuff, you know, and just go, you know, just like this. It's the pull of gravity. I'm not saying we have all truth. That we're, I'm not, we are not dictating this is the way it's going to be. We're saying rethink the paradigm because what jesus was introducing is a different paradigm to what we've what we've been in yeah and basically you and i are talking this out together because we've built the other way exactly we've we know it. the other way so well yeah that we it would just be an automatic in fact if i were to go do it again and step back into my fishing boat so to speak I would probably do a lot of things the same way I'd done before, just because it was easy to do it that way. Right. It would take a it would take a conscious effort right now to, to take away all those old filters if I step back into something like that. Yeah. 
So even, even right now, somebody says, well, let's have a meeting, let's have a whatever. My immediately, my mind, I, I resist every bit of that. And I don't want to resist coming together, but I want to resist building the way we've always built it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I can't, I cannot continue to build the way we've built before. And that's, that's been my problem. I, I can't, I can't just go to something because me just showing up and being a part of it means I agree or I'm helping you build what you're building. And I can't help you build what you're building. I can't, I can't do that. Yeah. And I was tired of building the Gentile thing, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and you and I were both made as builders. I mean, that's just what we do. And it's not, it's not a matter of thinking, oh, I'm supposed to build all these things. No, I'm just, that's how I'm wired by God to do that thing. So if I see something being built differently than what the blueprint or what he has set up, it, it, I can't, I can't, I'll let you build it. You can go ahead and do whatever you want. But as for me, I can't do that anymore. That's right. Exactly right. So, yeah. you know, you go ahead and do whatever you feel like you're supposed to do in, in before your own master, <laughs> you know, before God. Right. But I'm not here to debate with you. I'm not here to try to convince you of a different thing. Um, that's that word, doubtful disputations. It says, don't even, don't even bring yourself to the point of doubtful disputations, which means to bring you, to try to bring you to the point of the way I've formulated my whole paradigm. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's the thing is your, your paradigm is formed by your belief system. You've got to right. ask yourself, where, you know, what am I believing? Where did my belief system come from? How am I interpreting that, you know, because I interpret everything through my belief system, my paradigm, and my paradigm affects my behavior, it affects how I conduct myself. Um, so we've got to go back to what is my belief system? You know, what, right. what do I believe, really believe? And question some of, not, not, not by relationship with God, not, uh, not uh, you know, um, not God or in God's relationship with me. That's not what we're questioning. The questioning is, how am I supposed to be? Um, what does God say? The thing is, we're lazy. We don't like to go back to the Word of God and, and say, right. you know, like, that. what is He really saying to me here? How does this fit together? We, we don't like that, especially when it touches, like one pastor said to me when I started talking to him about discipleship, and I said, discipleship is not a program. And he said to me, you've got to stop talking like this. And I said, why? He said, because, you know, um, this is going to affect people's ministries, and uh, yep. they are too big to have this kind of trans, you know, revolution. And so you've got to stop talking in our meetings about this. So you know, immediately I realized, you know, is that some paradigms you can't touch that paradigm because it's it means they're going to lose. Um, you're going to lose your money. Is what you're going to do, and your and your position. And you're significant. You, yeah. yeah. You will lose it. I mean, that's the thing. You do it this way, you will lose it because you have built that. That's right. And it's not, it's not going to work that way anymore. If I, 
if I just, if I pull away, not pull away from the four and the 5,000, I'm not talking about that because every now and then Christ went and did that, but his purpose was the three and the 12. So his purpose was to invest his life for three and a half years into these handful of men that were able to reproduce after his likeness and image when he was gone. Yeah, exactly. So he wasn't worried about the four or 5,000 that were giving to his piggy bank. It didn't, it didn't, he didn't think that way. In fact, when they got together, he fed them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what, what guy do you hear today saying, well, do you guys also want to leave when everybody, right. <laughs> you know, that takes security, man. That takes, you know, right. that takes a very secure person to say, I know my purpose. I know, I know who I am in Christ. I know, you know, I know what I'm called to do. Um, so, you know, do you want to leave as well? <laughs> like uh, Peter said, where do we go? You've got the words of life, you know. <laughs> so that's the question you've got to ask yourself, you know, how far are you prepared to go? You know, it's like one guy said to me one time, he said, oh, Sean, you're moving the, the multitudes. I said, I said, really? He goes, yeah, they're all leaving you. <laughs> uh, so, and of course, that didn't go down too well. You know, the, the other ministers in the area began to resent me, or not resent me, despise me for, for you know, my lack of success. And, and, uh, and it cost me. I mean, honestly, Steve, this journey, um, as yourself, you know, is that when I started embarking on this, on this journey of, of transformation that God began to deal with me. It began a revolution. It cost me a lot. It cost oh, yeah. me, it cost me a lot. But I, I want, I want him. I don't want, you know, the world's success. I don't want the religious success. I don't want to have the Lord say to me one day, you know, not anymore. Yeah, no, no, I don't want that. I used to, but I don't want that anymore. I don't, right. I don't want, you know, I don't want to be at a place where the Lord says to me, um, yeah, I never knew you apart from me, you know, it's just like, because you did all these things and that was the thing that bugged me is like, okay, so I'm prophesying, I'm casting out devils, I'm healing the sick, I'm, I'm giving words, uh, you know, it's just like, and he said, Lord, Lord, you know, did we not? And he goes, apart from me, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. And I go, wow. Uh, right. You know, I, I, I don't want to hear that. I, I honestly don't. Right. Right. Well, there's so much. That, <laughs> um, I'm just okay. We're having a conversation, right? So right. this isn't about okay. All right. Uh, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, told me that uh, that he and his brother were just kind of joking around, and that you guys were at it. All you, you know, you included, were at this encampment thing, and uh, another guy that we know from here. Uh, from Marshall, he was, <laughs> he was there. Well, he was in the same barracks these two guys were at, and uh, they stole his sleeping bag and just hid it somewhere. Well, you know, he gets gets ready for going to bed, and he can't find it. And he said, "All right, come on, guys." Well, <laughs> he ended up just the mattress without his sleeping bag. Well, these two guys, you know, of course, everybody else is in on it. They thought it was funny. You know, I mean, they're just playing. They're just playing. We're, we're, we're in the sandbox, for crying out loud. 
we're all in the same sandbox, okay? So anyway, um, the guy that I know from here <laughs> went and told the guy who was, well, that guy called together the whole group of y'all and said, okay, you know, you guys have grieved the Holy Spirit. He's not in on this meeting anymore. We're shutting the whole thing down. Well, you guys apparently had another week left of the meetings or at least a couple days. And he just shut the whole thing down because these guys grieved the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wasn't going to no, it grieved you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It didn't grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit didn't leave. He still had work to do in everybody's life. This is about community. It's about it's not about you and about how you were affected or offended or you lost your leadership or you, you know, you got to regain control. It isn't about that. It's about it's about the community. It's about the uh, and that's something I remember just the other day when I was thinking about this. Uh, I had a Old Testament teacher. Uh, Dr. Spina uh, in, in college. And it was probably the best class I ever had. And this guy would talk about the appeal people. I mean, he talked just like that too. For, for an hour, he would lecture. And as soon as the hour is done, whoop, he's done. He walks off the platform. So anyway, but he's talking about a Hebrew people or the Hebrew people. And he said they were a called out or a separated people. He said they were called out to be for God to show forth what he was doing on the earth and to, and he, his whole thing was about this called out people and about how they represented a living God. And that had so much impact on me. And I'm thinking if the old Testament or the old covenant was a, a type and a shadow, or it was something that would show a flashlight on what's to come, we ought to realize that we're a called out people. We're, we're a people that's supposed to affect the world by what they see God doing through us. That's right. That's right. So, and, and they were a community. Of, and he always talked about that, a community of believers. That's what he said. That was his whole thing. They were a community. And so his whole thing was about society, community, about how they operated together, how they functioned together under the, that influence of God. And I thought if, if we could somehow realize that that's who we are, except now we're in a new covenant, we're under Christ, the king, in this particular thing. We're even called his bride, for crying out loud. Wherever the husband goes, the bride follows. She's a reflection of the, of the pure image of who he is on the earth. If he's the light, we're also lights in the world. Uh, so... If that's the case, then why is it we don't we don't just reflect not just his glory, but reflect who he is and how he does it here? Why is it that we think that okay, uh, yeah, he's the husband to do it this way, but uh, I know he's given me my own mind, but I'm I'm going to go ahead and do it this way. And then ask him to bless whatever it is we're doing. Why do we do that? I don't understand. I mean, I'm asking the question. Why do we do that still? When we know better, we know to follow him. We know to reflect him. But yet I'm going to go ahead and do my own thing and hope you follow it and hope you ordain it and hope that you will 
go ahead and, and uh, uh, bless it somehow. Mindset. It's because everything you say is interpreted through a mindset. And right. We know, we know to do it, but we know to do it our way, through our mindset that's been introduced to us over time. So, you know, right. and, and yeah, we come along and the, the hardest job, the, the true apostolic warfare, the true apostolic career is not to start churches and be positioned right. and, and be a great teacher. The true apostolic warfare in Korea is to shift mindsets. And it's a war because the toughest thing in the world is to change people's mindset. Tough, right. tough, tough. We'll swallow hook, line, and sinker, whatever the Gentile mentality is. We'll, we'll swallow whatever the kingdoms of the world offer us. We'll swallow whatever the systems and institutions of the world give us. Whatever narrative is out there, we'll swallow it. No problem. Because we've been societal, societally uh, um, and culturally, <laughs> we have been programmed to think like that. We can't think anything else. So, yeah, when we begin to talk, I had one guy, you, you just like, you know, one heads up his own ministry, but, you know, he, that, was his, that was his comment, basically, to, to what you and I say. It's just outright rejection because it doesn't fit his paradigm and he's not prepared to inspect, he's not prepared to transform, he's not prepared to even evaluate and assess where he's coming from. He filters it. Right. And, uh, you know, I follow Christ. Jesus is my Lord, you know, uh, and I'm serving him with my prophecy and with my preaching and whatever else. Great. But, you know, are you filtering it through a kingdom mindset or are you filtering it through the mindset that you've been programmed to think? And that's right. so right. many areas. We just programmed to think that. So, like you say, church, but when you say, Follow Jesus. They program. They program to think a certain way. You know, when you say Christian, you, there's a, there's one way and there's another way. You know, it's everybody. And gosh, go to different denominations and different parts of the world, and everybody views it with a different perspective. And that was my. That's my thing. Is I come back down to this. Jesus said, "What are you mindful of, Peter?" Right. Um, is because right. the mindset, the mindset, your belief system affects everything in your life. And uh, it's yeah. probably why Christ, this mind, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You've got to allow it to be in there. Exactly. And, you know, Paul's challenge is put off the old, put on the new, sandwich in between is be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Uh, you yeah. Know, like in the word spirit, there's like attitude in the very inception of your mindset is how the attitude which you would, which you filter things through is got to be changed. We've got to put off the old. The thing is, is that, you know, we talk about, we've spoken about this before, but, you know, it's, we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But the problem is we still live with a kingdom, with a darkness mentality. But yet we, we are citizens of the kingdom of light. <laughs> it's just that. that right. So we blind, right. dark thinking, new creatures in Christ. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I, for me, it's like, okay, that's the simplicity of the answer, the key, the, 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 the warfare is the hard part, is to change our thinking, right. to be renewed in our mind, you know, that, that's, so we transform, that's the tough part, that is the tough part. To contend with carnal inclinations. Ah, exactly. Ah, they, and right there is, you know, that's the thing, is to contend with carnal in, inclinations, you know, it's just, anyway, that's a whole topic right. on its own. Anyway, I'm going to go. Hey, <laughs> love you lots. Appreciate the input. All right. Thank Great you. conversation, man. Thanks very much. And uh, hey, for those that have joined us on that conversation and, and got to stay right through without being offended and, um, and uh, <laughs> discouraged, thanks for being with us. And uh, we'll see you next time. Sorry, it's Tuesday and not Saturday or Friday or whenever we're supposed to jump on. Whatever day so, it is. Don't yeah, whatever day it is. But um, anyway, the fact is, great conversation, Steve. I appreciate your time. Thank you for spending time with me, man. I, I appreciate you taking the time. Okay. We'll catch you later, Tater. Catch you later. <laughs> Bye. Uh...